The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It's Monday, September 12th, 2022, season 18, episode number 28. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Life from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We are presented by Miller Lite, the only beer, beer of the Dallas Cowboys. And today we have, oh man, we've got a show. We've got a, we got a lot we got to talk about. Cowboys lose their opener to Tampa Bay, 1913. Um, I'm sorry, Derek. I can't, I can't give you the 10 there. Oh, what I say? 19 to 3. Oh, I'm sorry, 19. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, sorry to correct you, but like that, that almost seemed it might like as a, well have been 103. To <laughs> that almost seemed yeah. like a close game. Yeah, that's yeah. a bad. That's a yeah. that was that was a bad mistake. Yeah, yeah, 19. Three. Uh, this offense was not good, and no. then to to add salt to the wound, uh, their quarterback is hurt, and we don't know specifics necessarily on how long he's going to be out. There are reports out there. We'll see how that all goes. Hopefully, he'll have the surgery today. And get some some feedback on that. But let's start first, as I like to do on Monday. And I know initially when I say this, I know this already. So don't look at me because I know you're going to look at me, Nick. But it, the <laughs> I'm going to ask for you guys to go around the table and give me the storyline of the game. There are lots of storylines that come out of this game. But I want to know from each of you what you think is the most impactful, most important storyline coming out of this game. Let's start with you, Nick. Well, I mean, obviously, I, I can't sit here and say that they're going to win by 17 points and then get their ass kicked like that. So I, I don't, I don't know this team as well as I thought I did. I have to say that that that's embarrassing. Um, I thought the defense would carry the team. They did the best they could, but Jesus, I mean, like <laughs> it was just offense was terrible. So I thought the offense was really, really bad, and now, and they put all the pressure on one guy to save them. And now he can't, you know, carry anything, much mm-hmm. less carry the team. And so, yeah, this just went from bad to worse. Amber. Well, you know, to me, I felt like going in, one of the biggest issues was going to be the O-line and what they could do. And honestly, it was a game that, yes, it wasn't perfect, but I felt that they were doing enough for you as an offense to be able to move the chain and move the ball. And they didn't. They didn't do anything in the passing game. They didn't do anything in the running game. They weren't able to find any kind of balance of anything. So it's just like, okay, one of the biggest issues that you had going in that you thought was okay in a way, but yet you still – so now we got bigger issues. Obviously, with Dak Prescott not being in, it's like, what the hell are we going to do now? But other than that, I mean, I will say the only quote-unquote – Positive aside from the off uh, from the defense was that Tyler Smith held up. He gives you a little something there that you moving forward think it's gonna be okay. And obviously now, I mean, we'll talk about him yeah, having to move into, into guard and all yeah. that. But that would be the the one thing that kind of stood out for me from the game was the O line, what I thought they were gonna be, and kind of what they were able to actually give you. All right, Brian. Yeah, I thought Turpin was going to return every kick mm. that he got, every punt. Every, no, it's they couldn't make him punt. Yeah. Um, run defense <laughs> to me was I, I was expecting uh, I was expecting more, and I, I felt like that 
that the the Buccaneers had figured out their their plan was to go in the direction of Diggs. They knew they were going to probably get a soft corner over there when they were able to get their blocks and they kind of cave everything down and then they get big bodies on the outside. That created a lot of problems for the Cowboys, especially with the ball on the edge. Everything inside, because you go back and you watch, I thought Osa played well defensively. I, I felt like even even Gallimore a couple of times there was able to get in. So it looks like the inside was holding up pretty well. Uh, but on the edges, that's where it really, you know, Armstrong wasn't as good as he needed to be. The ball spilling and then no force right there. That's going to give up, you know. I mean, Tom Brady didn't even have to be Tom Brady in this one. You know, he yeah. just was – he just kind of managed the game along. And and another thing I was really surprised on the defense, if I could real quick, the number, amount of space that they were gave these Buccaneer receivers. You know, and there were a couple of times where their corners got spun on some routes – and now it was like their their technique's bad. Now they're having to turn completely around. The ball's breaking to the inside, and they're trying to rally to make the play, and the ball's already there. So, you know, defensively, I thought that was a big, big issue right there with the run game and some of the past stuff. I thought the corners were going to play a lot better in this game, and it just really didn't materialize all that much. All right, so now let's go through and let's break down some of these things. Uh, let's start first with the offense. Uh, Dak Prescott's numbers for the day were 14 of 29. That was 48%. This was only the second time uh, since his rookie season where he didn't crack 50% completion percentage. So not a good day for him. Only had 134 yards through the air, no touchdowns. He did have an interception, 47.2 quarterback rating. Um, give me an assessment of Dak and what you think may have been the issues for Dak yesterday. I thought he was forcing it. I thought he I thought he was forcing the ball over the middle a lot when it wasn't there. I thought he was lucky that he had one interception and not four. I mean, because it, it felt like there was a lot of times he was really doing that. He just seemed like he was off with, with you know, on that one play at the end with Noah Brown, and he stopped and he tried to loft it over his head. And I mean, it just was kind of an example of this is just not – they're not on the same page. And, you know, and then he also didn't get help from his guys either. They weren't getting open. C.D. Lamb, you know, it was not a good first game for him to show that he was the number one receiver. Um, and, you know, it just – I mean, they've got they've got three number fives, uh, like three five receivers on their team. <laughs> and they've got two number twos with Gallup and C.D. That's what I believe. I don't believe they have a number one. I think they have a couple number twos, and they got about three or four guys that should just be your fifth receiver that plays special teams and all that. So you have to put that on the on the Maybe front office too. Teams. You have to put that on the Cowboys. Yeah. This reminds me of, of 2018 against the receiver by committee. Reminds me of that game against Carolina where they got beat and they could barely do anything on offense. And then you're like, okay, who's, who's going to catch the ball here? Let me ask you a follow-up question because when you talk about – they were he was forcing it. Is that the nature of what happens when you now say, "Hey, we only got one guy out there who really is a number one, so we're gonna have to force the ball to him a lot." Yeah. You're not just taking the guy that's open because a lot of guys may not be open. Right. You're just gonna be forcing it to one guy. Is that just the nature of what they've accepted by Isn't not having another want? guy here? Isn't that what these fans have wanted? Like, yeah. get the ball to your guy. So they've also wanted Pollard to play, and then you kind of saw what happens in yeah. the pickup there. Yeah. That's and that's and that's a good example there. But to Nick's point, though. With, and you asked the question about Dak, and I think the interception was a really a very good example of the type of what he was going through yesterday. And maybe it had something to do with the knowledge of what 
with, with the offensive line. But I felt for the most part, like Ambar says, the offensive line held up well. Even, even you know, uh, you know, Farniak having to step in and, and play on mm-hmm. a, you know, on a really tough situation that you know what he was able to do. But on the interception, like if you watch the play, he's got Lamb running vertically against two deep, right, and then. And then, you know, White, the middle linebacker, drops in that area. Remember how they used to play cover two and you get the mm-hmm. deep middle linebacker drop? And Brian Erlacher pops up. Yeah, the yeah. one, the one, the really good Mike linebackers can get all the way and take that space between the two safeties. Well, that's what happened here. White's carrying CD running the route. And so now you're like going, so Dak's thinking, I've got cover two. He sees it and he's looking at he's looking at Lamb the whole way. And all of a sudden White just takes off running with his back. And Dak's like, I can't throw that ball. And now it turns into, okay, we're getting a little pressure off the edge. Mm-hmm. And now we gotta move, we gotta duck, and we throw it off one leg into a just a crowd of and and give you know Carlton David credit. I uh Carlton uh, Davis the credit. I I thought, you know, he was I thought he was a bad player, but he reads the play and drops inside. So now they've got just Winfield, Davis, they've got all these guys. And it's kind of like Dak's decision was, I'm gonna force the ball to this area, even though my read was down the middle, it's taken away from me. Now I gotta throw the ball to the outside. Oh my gosh, it's all covered there. I mean, if if Winfield doesn't get that interception, Carlton Davis gets the interception. And it's off one leg, back foot. And that's just kind of how Dak played football yesterday. Mm-hmm. Off one leg, back foot. You know? That's, <laughs> you know? Well, and we've seen him. I mean, we've said this on the show all the time, that we think he is the kind of quarterback that does need help around him. And to me, and it feels weird to say this, but to me, there's a lack of chemistry right now and a lack of everyone being on the same page. And I, one of my worries was going into this game, what happens when C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz are not able to produce for you? What does that look like? Guys that you needed them to step up, Noah Brown, I mean, this has to be his last year here on the team. I don't. He wasn't able to give you anything he wasn't able to step up into the role aside from the, who were the other receivers playing i don't know like i i well, dennis what? houston was involved in the game yesterday too and you know well, yeah, yeah but nobody to no impress, i, I yeah. to your point i thought you were just saying who was playing but, in but the no game no no i know but yeah, the yeah. point that's my point <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> you know but this also goes back to what nick was saying earlier like I don't, i'm not mad at noah brown for what noah brown did yesterday Noah Brown's a fifth. I mean, like yeah. that that's a guy that that is a guy True. who is a special teams True. player who can give you a little something at t- wide receiver when he needs to. There, there was a game last year where they had their their top wide receivers out and Noah was ha- asked to step up mm-hmm. and didn't produce a ton. So who's who's Cedric shocked? Wilson was that guy that stepped yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. So who's shocked at this point? Why should anyone but be that, shocked at this point that he did put, what he did? Putting him well, in that position. Right. Yeah. And that's the problem. It, right. And that's a question for them. Like, that's not on Noah Brown. Noah Brown's been consistently who he is. True. Well, good right? point. Yes. Yes. When you look at it that I way. Mean, but de- definitely on the Cowboys. And Kellen Moore, at some point, we got to keep bringing back the conversation to him. And he's not just all... Um, uh, Mike McCarthy, his job and all this. What about Kellen Moore? I mean, I was impressed when he first stepped into the job and I was very much looking forward to his career and what he could become as a coordinator. But then now we're getting to the point where 
Where is all that creativity? What are you doing oh, with the offense? It's a double reverse for minus eight is what it <laughs> well, is. When, when, you know, Brian always said, you know, good, good coaches have to know their team. You yeah. have to understand your team. And when they came out in the first drive of the season and they ran about six trick plays like that mm-hmm. in the first drive just to muster a 51-yard field goal, that's when I knew, oh, no, this is bad. Because you can't keep doing that all game. And that's the only way they got a field goal. Then And then they never got another point. They never got to the red zone at all. But it took all of that. That's when you know that they know. We can't beat these guys straight up. Well, but he did that last year too, right? In, in that game they played last year, I, I seem to remember that last year in that game they had a lot of gadgets in week one. And, and by the way, they worked last year. A lot of them worked last year. This year, I don't think a single one of them worked. I think all the plays they tried yesterday it in that first drive. It seemed very forced. Yeah, it, it seemed, seemed like they weren't working. It, yeah. And it, it just kind of it, it just screamed to me, like, this worked last year, and we got them off, off balance, and we, we it got us in a situation where we were deep in the game and we had a chance to win. So let's do it again. And it just it, and then after that, immediately it just abandoned all that. And then it was just kind of like run right, run left, or throw right. It, yeah. it just lost all creativity yeah. at that point. So it just – Everything just seems so disjointed. There was no rhythm to it at all. And when there's no rhythm, like it's hard to get things going. You know, I think when you look at it too at wide receiver and you have 11 targets for Lamb and he only catches two balls, I think that tells you a lot what's really going on. With yeah. you know, to Ambar's point, the disconnect between the quarterback and and the wide receiver. I mean, we we watch all the games and it seems like you know these guys are just. You know, tick 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 down the field, hitting these. You know, their number one receivers, mm-hmm. number two receivers, or whatever. And they're, but they're making these plays. They're making these connections. It seemed like that it just was so hard to even gain four or five yards. It just was so. It mm-hmm. just. It was like you know, oh my gosh, it's it's you know, and, and they got in some situations too. And I, I want to ask you guys this: Did they abandon the run too early too? I think so we're gonna, it, we're yeah, gonna get to okay, that. Okay, yeah, well, we're good. I'm glad that. you're gonna do that yeah, because we're get to that. because there were a couple of times where I just noticed where like Zeke had a run where he gained seven yards, and then they get a, a, a legal motion penalty and it moves them back, and then they have to start throwing the ball, and then it's trying to find it's trying to find uh, CD, it's trying to throw the ball to Noah Brown, and, and you know, and, and it and then you're off the field. Hey, so. Let me ask uh, answer this question for me before we go to our break. I want to. Talk about C.D. Lamb specifically. Yeah. They obviously wanted him to be the focal point because they threw to him 11 times, only got two receptions. Do you put more of that on Dak or more of that on C.D. uh, in this situation? seemed like there were lots of times where C.D., even in man coverage, wasn't really getting any separation. But how much do you put on him versus Dak in this situation? I kind of think it's it's both, and I, I don't think it's it's bad to say that it's both. I mean, of the 11 targets, I don't think – he certainly didn't have nine drops. I mean – Every every pass has to have a target, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how they score. I hope so. I hope so. But, I mean, there's a lot of times where the target could be like the guy holding the third down marker. I mean, yeah. the pass was not even close. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, he was targeting the CD, but he didn't even hit the same area code. So, I it, some of them was on Dak. Just like that one pass over the middle where it was third down, it was behind him. Yeah. The pass should be in front of him. Yeah. Yes. Should he catch it? Yes. So both of them really. So yeah, had I think I think they yeah. you know a little bit of both of their work. Yeah, if you look at the body language after the play, it's like CD's kind of like, gosh, I got to catch that ball, mm-hmm. and then Dak's probably thinking, well, if I throw it in front of him, he's probably still running today, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, it's to Nick's point, I, I think he's absolutely right. You know, Dak just he just did not have it 
as as you know going forward. He just didn't have it yesterday. No. And then, you know, and the receiver. I mean, and the, your number one receiver didn't help you either. Like you say, there wasn't much separation there. You know, the opportunities that they had that they tried to create stuff for him, he got covered on, and they had to go somewhere else, whether it's to Noah Brown or to Schultz or somebody like that. So, yeah, it was. Uh, that's a tough game plan when you can't get the ball to your primary guy. And I know this. I've been here, what, like eight years? I know this by experience now, and I know it's like this every year, but do not be fooled, and I say this to myself, <laughs> by why you see – during training camp and these practices because they were looking pretty okay, pretty good, CD and Dak in practices. And then here we are, two catches. Wow, that's embarrassing. But, yeah, it's it's. I don't know what they're going to do now because if that was with Dak, how's it, how's it going to look with the next quarterback, <laughs> man? Brian? Yeah. Yeah, that's got that. That's the part that that's the part that makes Mondays like this feel really bad. Is not only they lose the way they lost, then you lost your quarterback, and you're sitting here thinking you got 16 more of these, and you got to figure that out. Well, we've all been through this together, though. We have. We we have the Romo years. We were together all through that, and it's no fun. And you know, that's why you have the shirt, Brian. Yeah, that's why you that year that year finish first or finish last. Yeah, Yeah. finish first or finish last. If you want to believe that, or something, (laughs) or just substitute something that works. Substitute your own words in there, whatever you want to do. (laughs) But you know, and we did way back in the day. But we've lived. Yeah, we've lived this, and you know, I you know the thing about it is that that's tough because there's so much of the season left yeah and you know that that hope that you have you still like well hey they still have players you lost your quarterback but do you really you know now where do you lean now do we and again we'll probably get into the running game stuff and and you know maybe this offensive line is better equipped to run block you know and the tight ends and I'm going to say this about guys like Ferguson and those guys on tape and you watch the all 22 some good blocks you know, some better blocks, and I, I'm selling hopium right now, but that's kind of where if you look at, uh, you know, where this team maybe needs to go and and, and figure that out, I, I think that's probably the best there's, path to help your quarterback There's right four now. or five things for, that you can be hopeful of. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and one of them is that it's September the, the 12th. I mean, that's yeah. one of the things. I mean, we've seen this a and lot. And your hopium is this division once again, you know, and you're, you're, you're at the bottom. They all Everybody won yesterday, but – you know, that's what you're saying. That's it's hope, hopefully nobody runs away with this thing, and yeah. you could just find a way to keep your head above water until you get some things back. All right, let's take our first break. We'll come back. Let's talk about the running game. Let's talk about those running backs. Let's talk about the offensive line. We can come back to DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable, and now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. 
the Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Little Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Back to the break. Essler Lenses will let you watch every exciting play, even in games when there's not one. Book an appointment at your local Essler experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more, do more, Essler. Welcome back. Second segment of The Break Live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. The second, this second segment is brought to you by Blockchain.com. Let's talk about the running game. Yesterday, here were the numbers. Zcat, 10 carries for 52 yards, a 5.2 average. Tony Pollard, 6 carries, Eight yards, mm. 1.3 average, and some less than stellar blitz pickups yeah. to throw in. Um, I think the interesting thing for me coming out of that game about the running game was that fans and the media and pretty much everybody got what they've been asking for for sure, sure the last do. couple years, which is we want more Pollard, want more Pollard, want more Pollard. I was looking at the numbers this morning. And in, there were 32 plays that the Cowboys ran before they got to, I think it would have been their second possession in the third quarter, where essentially they went 11 the rest of the game. They were just basically, we're just going to try to basically give ourselves some momentum by going no huddle, staying in 11 personnel, and seeing what we can do. Before that time, those 32 plays before it, eight of those 32 plays, they had both Tony and Zeke on the field together. You got all, your, all you wanted of Tony Pollard yesterday. What would you guys say is the assessment of having Tony Pollard mixing in a lot more in the offensive game plan? I mean, I guess I'll go. I mean, yeah. this is what everyone's been waiting for, and I think he is a backup running back with juice. That's what he is, mm. and and that's and that's okay too because that person is needed in an offense, especially when Zeke, when he's as physical as he is. But I think we said this last week, and I and I think I, I kind of said to the fans. Like, you, it's not just putting him in and letting him run because a running back does a lot more things, and that was very evident here. You can't just put him out there when you really want a big play because sometimes you have to change it up and go, oh, you know what, they're stopping the run, so I'm going to have to throw it here. Hey, 20, you okay with this? Because they're going to be – they're coming right at you. You know, it doesn't work that he way. Yeah, 45? Yeah. He's coming yeah. towards you. And yeah. Todd Bowles, I think, was just – I could just see Todd Bowles like, yeah, when you see uh, 20, we're attacking him. Cool. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it, cool. It, 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 cool. Yeah, that's – Y'all all right with that? I've never seen somebody so laid back who's so aggressive in, in, his, in his, like, play calling, but he's the, Todd Bowles. But yeah. he's the most laid back person in the history of life. So, yeah, you kind of hope – Kellen Moore was that way too, you know. Yeah. Somebody who seems pretty vanilla, and then you're like, hopefully, all these trickery play calls. But no, I think the thing with Pollard and the, one of the, the the sacks where he got overwhelmed, though, they had problems picking up the blitz up front, and him 
And this is where, you know, sometimes if you don't have the right personnel in, where Zach Martin and Pollard got caught on a stunt. And what happened was when it happened, you know, Martin's trying to get over to get maybe pick up his guy. Mm-hmm. Pollard's stepping up knowing that he's not a great blocker, so he's got to try and find a way to, to help. But he, like, gets in the way of Martin. Then, you know, Martin can't get to his guy. Pollard's not good on his guy. They get knocked back. You get the sack. You know, that's the kind of thing. If, if Zeke, maybe it's different. Maybe Zeke knows that sometimes these blockers get in the way or these backs or skill guys get in the way of the blockers. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what you worried about if you had to help Tyler Smith a bunch or you had to help uh, Terrence Steele a bunch. All of a sudden you put tight ends over there and they're in the way of – they get in the way and now like nobody gets the block. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that uh, that the thing I want to say about Zeke – his long run was seven last night, and he had 52 yards on 10 carries. So it wasn't like it was a chunk run mm-hmm. you know, or chunk runs, to, and then all of a sudden it's a bunch of – it's a big run, and then two, one, one, two, you know, that kind of thing. He was averaging five yards. I mean, there were plenty of times where you looked up and it was a five-yard run, a seven-yard run, a five-yard run. You know, and, and I, I was thinking, like, you know, that's not terrible right now. That's not terrible against this defense especially with your quarterback struggling a little bit. And maybe it would help, you know, that I, I, I just with Kellen, you know, it felt like, like I said, when the lead got to 12 to three, it felt like to me, it was like a hundred to three because mm-hmm. it just, you didn't have any type of rhythm, but maybe the running game could have given him a little bit rhythm. Cause I, I felt like Zeke was up to the task yesterday running that football. Yeah. And with you mentioning how the O-line you think, would be better blocking blocking Man. for the running game. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, is this team, is Seek ready to kind of carry that weight again? I mean, we've seen him do it when he first got here, the power that yeah. he has, his ability not only to block, but his ability to create holes and kind of push for those extra yards that by the end of the game, they do add up and it shows on the stats. But can... Zeke and Tony Pollard really be the guys that this team now needs to rely on for at least the time being while Dak is out. And I'm not sure if it's there yet. Maybe it's maybe it's not about so much about uh, Zeke and Pollard, but Zeke and Rico Dowdle. You know, maybe it's about trying to run with run with a, try and play with a power game a little bit more and then use him as the loose play type of a player. I know the really creative play that they they ran yesterday was the option mm-hmm. where they put Turpin mm-hmm. in and it really it froze yep. an all pro linebacker. He's like and Dak, you know, faked the pitch and it froze and then, you know, he was able to get See, that's the kind of creativity I think you have to come up with. Mm-hmm. I, I we all live we all went through the 2014 with DeMarco Murray when DeMarco Murray was just churning out yards, churning out yards, and Romo really didn't have to do a whole hell of a lot. And then he, what, broke his hand, something happened late in the year, and then Tony went out and had one of the greatest Decembers he's ever had. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's going to have to be the way that they're going to win games or try to win games is – you know, you know, keeping the ball and running it to the best of their ability, and and seeing if it if it goes that uh, it can go that direction. The only thing is, I love that concept of them maybe doing that because I think a running game goes really well with a good defense, and I do think they have a good defense. Here's the part that I'm more concerned about: they're not going to score a lot of points. Well, not only that, but but you held them to 19. Yeah, but typically, yeah. if you're going to have a team that's going to 
methodically move the ball down yeah. the field running the ball. Yeah. It needs to be a very disciplined team that no doesn't have a lot of penalties. Yeah. Yeah. And yesterday oh, yeah, we saw have, the exact man. same thing yeah. we saw last year. Ten years, I mean, ten penalties, seventy-three yards. Like that's a problem if you're going to run this style of football. Like if you're if you're doing two and three play drives where you're hitting teams for big plays, yeah. you can afford those penalties a little bit more. You can't do it when you're driving and you're needing every yard and this, every down. You can't get behind the chains. This team, I think, a couple of years ago or last year even was one of the best in the league with picking up first and twenties. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like every time it was first and twenty, they were picking it up somehow. And then now it's it's literally you know if they can get four or five yards of yeah, play, and 10, it seems yeah, like it's just yeah. it's very very difficult. But th- this this offensive line, it, it might be a little bit better when you're talking about Cooper Rush is trying to run that football, lean on like Ambar says, lean on Zeke. You know, lean on him. You know, that's what you're going to have to do to maybe get this thing going. All right, let's go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, I want to dive into the offensive line just a little bit uh, and talk about some of the numbers that look really good for Tampa Bay and how much of that do you put on the offensive line. We'll do it when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Back to the break. Join former NFL players for our first game day minicamp presented by Invisalign. Drop the kids off at a Ford Center on October 2nd from 1130 to 330. I know Chris is laughing. Uh, while you watch the Dallas Cowboys and the Commanders game from your first uh, from your favorite restaurant in the Star District to register your footballer for camp, footballer for camp, visit DallasCowboys.com slash Academy. We will redo that next did, did time. Did you say there's a place we, we can drop now? off kids? Like, I'm asking, like, is there a place you can drop off kids? Are we babysitting That would be helpful. Yeah, you drop the kids off at the pool at the <laughs> Ford Center <laughs> okay. October 2nd. There's going to be somebody there watching them, and we're good? 
Uh, doesn't say all Jerry. that in here, but you know what? For more information, <laughs> okay, you can visit DallasCowboys.com/slash/academy. You know, okay. all the all right. the weirdest part of this whole thing was saying Washington Commanders. Yeah, that's gonna take some getting used to. Yeah, although so. the Washington Commanders got a win yesterday, they did. Mm. Mm. Good for them, Jacksonville. <laughs> Hey, a win's a win in the NFL. Sure, the Giants did, and the Eagles what? did too. Yeah, so. yeah, you, would, exactly. you, would, you would kill to play Jacksonville right, right. now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd be happy to take. You that know, game. somebody <laughs> threw out like the next seven games, yeah. like like uh, what it looks like, and I was like, okay, the, uh, Cincinnati, you know, okay, and like every team, every team looked better than the Cowboys did. Yeah. The Bears, the Lions, the They're, Giants, yeah. the Washington. I'll tell you what, if you the wanna, Vikings, yeah. takeaway from yesterday's games is that. That how many points the Lions put up on the Eagles? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. the Eagles were talking about their defense and stuff. But hey, also the, the the Eagles put up a lot of points and also Saquon Barkley rushing for what he did He's yesterday against bad. Tennessee. So that's a little bit uh, scary. But yeah, I, I was thinking, well, okay, Philadelphia defense. All right, let's see. Oh, we put up a you know somebody put thirty five up on you yesterday. All right, that Swift is kind of a He's problem. problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, as is AJ Brown. AJ Brown's going to be a major oh, for problem the Eagles. Yeah. for the NFL. Yeah, and yeah. especially in seas. So anyway, <laughs> if you thought you needed something more to kind of, a burrow will throw today. it to you. Yeah, they had five turnovers yesterday. Yeah, they had a rough Still day yesterday. Won. That was a crazy game. Well, you know, yeah. a big part of that, a big part of that was one of the guys that we've been talking about. Lyle didn't have a great day yesterday. Like he was giving up some of that. Some of that I, I saw a stat this morning. They said eleven plays. I, just, I know exactly what you're thinking. You're like, would you take him back right now? <laughs> <laughs> but but that's uh, the, the, the I think I would. <laughs> eleven plays yesterday. Eleven plays yesterday. The the first pressure came from Lyle's guy. Yeah, um, on eleven but, plays, that's a significant amount. And I think you put looked up uh, Amari's numbers yesterday. Again, not anything that you're looking at. Like, well, it was a great I think day he drew not. he drew a pass interference oh, call that he? got him in field goal range. Okay, yeah. I knew it wasn't great because I would have been like they would have been all oh, over Twitter been, yeah. <laughs> like every time he did anything. But I did think of Brian like four or five times in the game, and it was about four or five penalties from steel. I, I thought about <laughs> everything. He was just like, that's the guy I had problems with. The steel drive is seventy eight, yeah. and um, he he. I don't know how he will. He blocked. I don't well, he said after the game, he said, other than that that series with all those penalties, I actually had a pretty good game. Hey, Scandrick, you can't say <laughs> but it's that. Like, yeah, you can't say after you had a whole drive where it was all about penalties on you. Like, you can't, like that doesn't work like that, you know? But anyway. Tom Scandrick said, other than that final drive against the Patriots when Wes Welker caught four passes. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I, I, had him, I had him guarded the whole game. Like, <laughs> That was a, that was a great drive by Brady in that Patriots game. Yeah, by the way. it was. He found Scandrick every every, every time, every and it was time. just like, yeah. you know, other than that. <laughs> Let's look at some of the numbers from the Tampa Bay defense yesterday. They had four sacks, they had eight quarterback hits, they had seven tackles for a loss. How much you put that that defensive production by them on this offensive line? I guess as a part of just kind of giving your overall assessment of the how the offensive line played. I feel like though that uh, you know. For what happened to them injury-wise early in that game and what they had to do with a brand-new left tackle, basically a guy that's never really played guard in the National Football League at left guard, you know, the majority of that Mm -hmm. game. A center that I kind of feel like that the left guard needs to be playing center because I think he's better than the center. The the all-pro at right guard is always going to be the most consistent guy. We talked about the penalties and things like that. You know, I mean, when you – Tampa – 
really were rushing four. And the, really the times that they were able to get pressure is when they mm-hmm. brought more. Mm-hmm. And so when it was your five against their four, yeah, you should win those things. But you're, but I'm also saying, you know, normally when you have all your starters, you know, playing like you know, and, and not backup guys or guys that are moving, you know, cross positions and stuff like that. I mean, I, I kind of feel like watching it that Dak did have enough time to throw the mm-hmm. ball, and you know, and it and and there were some throws that. That he had, where you know guys were open. I mean, the, the 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 throw I'm looking at, and I know you're asking me about offensive line, but I remember well protected play. Noah Brown runs basically like an out, and Dak throws it like ten yards over his head. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a well protected play, mm-hmm. you know. And and we talked about it earlier, running the football. I, I felt like that Ferguson, Schultz, those guys did a good job of point of attack block and even steal. You know, when they, they were able to get him. Now he was trying to jump the jump the count to to get cutoff blocks and stuff like that. But one of the really nice backside cuts that Zeke made for a seven yard run was uh you know they they and this is when McGovern was in there, they really scooped the backside and they got Smith all the way across to where like Tyron Smith does, where mm-hmm. now you have an alley to get the ball through. So I you know, do you put blame on them for some of those breakdowns that they had, the sacks? Yeah, I think that, you know, the that's a hard that is a hard defensive front to block and especially when you're you know when you're just trying to figure out what the play is and where you're going to line up yeah you know so i'm i'm i i think that you have to be happy that the way that smith played and i i'm to the point where i was thinking you know me about steel and I'm, i'll shut up after this <laughs> the you know do you do you think about moving smith back to guard or do you think about moving smith over to right tackle and go with Jason Peters at left tackle, Smith at right tackle, and then Farniak and those guys and play it inside that way. You know, that way, if, if you're really, really worried like I am, but they don't care about what I think. 2005 they did, not anymore. You know, so maybe maybe a little bit more shuffling to try and help this offensive line be a little bit better. Yeah, it's going to come down to steel and, and on the right tackle or Farniak at left guard. I mean, or, you know, whatever whatever it is, it's like I still feel like they're going to look at their best five options. Yeah. It seemed like Farniak played pretty well, but yeah. I, I just want to see the scenario of, of Tyron. Tyler Smith back at left guard and Peters at left tackle. And by the way, those two guys on the left side yeah, together. Yeah. yeah and by the way, Jason Peters saying, "Hey, I t- it'll take me a couple weeks or so." Yeah, that, yeah that's cool. Yeah. Um, let's go. I mean, well, move that on. When, when, I, when I came to the facility this morning, he was out there working out already. Yeah, but, let's go. You know, so he's he's here in the building, realizing that maybe the sense of urgency and, and, and veterans feel that. Yeah. Veterans feel like, okay, I watched this offensive line last night. I think I can help them this way. Well, I'll tell you this: if you're, if you, if they're going to take the the approach that you guys are talking about earlier, where they really are going to go run heavy. Yeah. Now you're right. Maybe you want somebody with the power of Tyler inside on the left, with with somebody like Jason Peters, who also is a brawler, mauler kind of guy. Yeah. At the tackle position, you might be able to do something at left side and create some really nice. I'll holes, tell you what, right? Tyler Smith did a good job of run blocking. He yeah. really, and in the pass sets and stuff like that, he didn't look out of balance or no, anything like that. Oh, he dumped one guy. Yeah, yeah, I, I noticed it now, late in the fourth I, quarter. I, yeah, he dumped I the guy. I couldn't figure out what happened on the sack where it was just a clean run. I don't and think I, and I need it. I need to ask because when he when he slid down after the play, you see him talking to Farniak uh-huh. like, 
did I f that up or did you f that up? You know, yeah, Farniak kind of had a look, kind of like what? What well, did you do? But if you what look at the, you look yeah. at the protection, it was kind of like it looked like they had everything blocked, and for some reason Tyler Smith just shot down to his right, yeah. and that gave the free runner where they you know unblocked guy is going to get a sack like that. So. Yeah. If you want to say maybe the mental mistake, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Farnick was telling him, you've got to keep outside. I've got this. You've got, I've got, you know, I've got you know, B gap. You've got C gap. We've got, to, we've got to work that way. But, but that was the one time where you're like, and I couldn't figure out how they were trying to block it. Yeah, let's assume that it was a mental mistake. Yeah. If your rookie left tackle first time, first game in the NFL has one mental mistake, yeah. and other than that, kind of holds it down. Well, he had a motion penalty and a mental mistake. Yeah, I'm that, like, that, I, that's I, can, a, I can work with that. That's like, a, I absolutely. definitely can work with that in your think, first first game. I think, didn't we kind of say that? Like, what if he plays, let's say he has, like, gives up a sack and has one penalty, yeah. and then plays pretty well. That's pretty much what we said. And that's but, what we saw. And by I mean, the way, I'm good with that. When you think about going up against that defense, and you've got your left guard has never, still has never had a start. Yeah. Farniak, he, com- he comes in a, in a, in a, one series, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and, then and yeah. Tyler Smith. Yeah, it's funny, McGovern. I mean, not funny, but McGovern's injury was because Tyler Smith took his guy and drove him in the back of of, of McGovern's legs. Yeah. I mean, he he had that guy hooked up that bad, and and McGovern was moving up, and he just drove him into the that back sounds... of McGovern and fell right in his. And it's yeah. unfortunate. But... Is there anything that can be because and that's hard to train or coach because real game. That, you don't know how people are going to land or what's going to happen. But even going back to Tyron Smith, that's something you've pointed out where he's not necessarily getting injured himself. It's just Guy's somebody else. Leg, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, when you start thinking about that, I, what is there something you can do to try to even prevent that? No. Although you can't. That's football. You just got to play. Yeah. The the the, the Tampa Bay lost their lost their starting left tackle to an elbow injury on a play where his where uh, where Parsons goes so hard inside that he's trying to carry him and all of a sudden Tristan Hill hits him in the elbow and it you could see the elbow get mm-hmm. worked yeah. you know that's I mean he's trying to block and then here's a player from a whole nother direction and then you know and now they're now they're down their left tackle yeah. they're starting left tackle so, I and mean, it's the same thing with Dax injury those are just freak yeah, things that happen in football and you can't really get away from it. I had somebody ask me that this morning like is that a Dak thing is that I was like no it, honestly this probably happens a lot more than we know because like he said it happens to a quarterback quarterback goes to the sideline and says I think I jammed my finger they pull yeah. it out and and now it's it's like you can go back in and play it wasn't that yesterday mm-hmm. but this kind of thing is just that's a freak well, part that and just you happens start in football seeing on Twitter and Social media, just people starting, fans starting to say, "Oh, injury prone now," yeah, and that is ridiculous. Like he situation. is not an injury prone yeah. player. It's clean up the middle of the pocket. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, yeah. get get those guys off well, of you point. right yeah. in the middle. But yeah, you that's know, that's that as happened. ridiculous as this is going to sound, because but putting aside the penalties, and that's something you can't like you have to fix. But I feel, I truly feel that the best part of the offense last night was the O-line. To me, that's... that. And, and Zeke, I think. And I think Zeke benefited from the O-line being good. Yeah. He gave you moments. Yes. He gave you moments. Tied but I feel that, it, was good to too, me, yeah. me saying this tells you a lot of how bad the rest of the offense was. I keep seeing it, and I, say, I said it earlier on the show, what the O-line was able to give you and hold up to should have allowed Zeke, Baller, Dak, 
the receivers yeah. to be able to produce a lot more than just getting Brett Maher to a field goal. Yeah. Yeah. And and to me, Dak is the big one in that. Like yeah. Dak got the money to be the man. He wasn't very yesterday, good. Dak, mm. not only was he not the man, yeah. that was that may have been one of the worst performances yeah. I've seen Dak have in mm-hmm. his career here. Yeah. He was not good yesterday. And and he has to be accountable for that because I don't know that there'd be I know a lot of people are worried right now about the injury. But I don't know if this conversation would be very much different if he didn't have the injury and you're still looking at, okay, he's still got to go out next week and play Cincinnati yeah. because he didn't play well. And even after – sorry – even after halftime, a lot of the times in games that they've played bad or they didn't mm-hmm. win, he comes out after mm-hmm. halftime and performs, picks it up. Sometimes it's not enough, but he gives you something to be hopeful for right. looking into the next game. When they came out of halftime, and this was my thinking, okay, we'll see something. We didn't. There was nothing that they were able to give you after halftime. Yeah, one thing about Cooper Rush that I like, this, there's one thing that I like better. <laughs> Just one. Yeah, yeah, than, than Dak is that – this actually reminds me a lot of like twenty something years ago when Jason Garrett would come in for Aikman, like a redhead on the field. Yes, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But also a nice deep ball. He really does. Mm-hmm. He does have a nice touch to the deep ball, and I think that was really missing in this game. If they're if they're right in your face, back them off. I mean, even if it's incomplete, show them I'm going to bring this thing back. So if this safety wants to start cheating, I'm going over the top. But was that yesterday, was that a function of the fact that basically, it looked like to me anyway, you correct me if I'm wrong, it looked like to me Tampa's strategy was we're going to rush four, we got seven back. That's that, we're not giving yeah, you yeah. the deep part of the field. Well, yeah. the, not the deep part of the field, but there's times when it was one-on-one. Now, I think yeah. you got to take your shot down the field, sure. try to get a P.I., try to do, yeah. you know, maybe they, they will make a play. I mean, yeah. I, I, I just think you've got to do that more and just back them off and, and just try to throw it. What receiver well, t- can do that for you? It's got to be CD, or it's got to be Noah. I mean, either one of them. I mean, some. I mean, the, the guy. One of them. Yeah, I they mean. they just don't have. I mean, and but the problem is when your fastest guys has one of the smallest catch radiuses, which is, you know, which Turpin. is Turpin. Turpin. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. so how, how you know if you're going to send him vertically, I mean, you you better send him to the middle of the field so he can track the ball, right. yeah. Like a punt, right? You know, send him. But I, if I could, real quick, yeah. you talked about play real quick if, before we get out of here. I saw something. I'm going to sell you some hopium on, on something here. Malik Hooker, that range play that he made mm-hmm. out of the middle of the field looked like Malik Hooker playing at Ohio State mm-hmm. several years ago. Yeah, I tweeted about that as soon as it happened. So when, that's something <clears throat> positive. When you start talking about guys that are going to play on the back end that are not going to let the ball go down the field or let the ball go over their head or give up those huge plays, Malik Hooker, that play he made on that sideline covering from the middle of the field all the way to the outside is something that you should, uh, should say, hey, it looks like this guy's back covering on that deep ball like that. That is actually a preview of tomorrow's show because we're going to spend a little time talking about what we saw from this game. It's why we didn't talk much about defense. What we saw from this game that, that really can give, I don't know if you're going to even call it hope, but more so just things that you thought that were actually pretty good in a sea of a lot of bad. Yeah, right? there was a lot of bad. Uh, there, were, there were some things that yeah. you can come out of this game with that you're like, man, if they can get more of this – it actually might give them a chance, and, and, I, and, and we'll bad. talk about the defense because I think there are some some hopeful things you can hope for uh, there, including one Michael Parsons, who we didn't even get a chance to talk about. We'll definitely talk about him a little bit tomorrow. We appreciate you guys joining us. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. <laughs> this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!